Okay, thank you for listening to Beyond the Court Ministries. My name is Destiny Hughes Santos. If you're busy and you want to learn more of the Word, this is a place where you can grow in the Word of God and get something and apply it practically to your life. So thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy the Beyond the Court Ministries podcast. Hey, welcome to episode 23. We've been studying the book of Luke and we've been in Luke chapter 5. Last time we looked at the story of Levi, who is also known as Matthew, and how Jesus called Levi. He sought him out. He wanted to choose him, knowing that he was a corrupt tax collector, and how we can relate to Levi, knowing that even in our sin, Jesus is calling us. And so that's what we talked about last time. Today, I want to pick up in Luke chapter 5 and verse 33. And it says, One day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? And I just want to actually pause right there. So right off the bat, I see that people are trying to compare Jesus and his disciples to other people who were also rabbis and also had disciples. And so the first point that stood out to me is we have to beware of comparison. And I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture in this episode just to tie everything together. So there's a scripture I want to read in Matthew chapter 11, and it's verse 18 through 19. And it says, for John didn't spend his time eating and drinking. And you say he's possessed by a demon. The son of man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks. And you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. And that's Matthew chapter 11, verse 18 and 19. And I just wanted to read that because this is Jesus speaking and people tried to compare him with John. And so John was known for not eating and drinking. And John was known to spend time in the wilderness and eating wild honey and locusts. And people called him that he was possessed by a demon. And on the other hand, Jesus actually did feast and drink and spend time with sinners and tax collectors. And people said that he was a glutton and a drunkard. And Jesus is here saying wisdom is shown to be right by his fruit. And so, in one, we shouldn't compare not only ourselves to others, but also we shouldn't compare ministries to each other either. And there's another verse I want to read in. John chapter 3 verse 26 says so John disciples came to him and said rabbi the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River the one you identified as the Messiah is also baptizing people and everybody is going to him instead of coming to us John replied no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven and you yourselves know how plainly I told you I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride. And the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. And I wanted to share that verse. When talking about comparison, again, the disciples of John tried to compare themselves with the disciples of Jesus regarding baptism. And John immediately shut that down and said, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. If they tried to compare Jesus with people and his ministry, 
history with people, they're going to try to do that to his followers as well. And so we have to be careful of not falling into that same trap of comparison, especially in today's time where you have different Christians who identify with different political views, different denominational views. And at the end of the day, we have to stay focused on, okay, where's that common ground at? And I'm not going to get lost and caught up in the comparison. I'm just going to serve Jesus the way I serve Jesus and focus on my journey with him and focus on the results that the Holy Spirit is producing with my walk in him and not get caught up in comparing my walk or our ministry with others. So that was the very first thing I noticed. Okay, so let's go back in Luke chapter 5 and we're going to pick back up in Luke chapter 5 verse 34. Jesus responded, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment, for then the new garment will be ruined and the patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine will burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. So the second thing I noticed that we have to be careful of is we have to be careful of falling into religion. When Jesus responded to their question, he said, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. So he's pretty much saying there's no point for my disciples to fast while I'm still here. But one day I'm not going to be here and then they will fast. Meaning that John's disciples and the Pharisees disciples were fasting under an older tradition. And I actually want to read a scripture in Isaiah chapter 58 out of the Old Testament. So if we turn to Isaiah chapter 58, starting in verse 1, the scripture I'm about to read is kind of the true heart of what God wanted fasting to be. So Isaiah 58 verse 1, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud, don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins, yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of his God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly in prison. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Verse 9. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, Yes, I am here. 
he will quickly reply. That's Isaiah chapter 58, verse 1 through 9. And I wanted to read that to show this was God speaking and and pretty much telling them the type of fasting that he required. And what he said that stood out was your type of fasting, you're doing it to please yourselves. This is not the type of fasting I want. And then when he started to talk about the type of fasting he was looking for, he mentioned actions. He started talking about actions. I want you to free those who are wrongly in prison. I want you to lighten the burden of those who work for you. I want you to let the oppressed go free. I want you to share your food with the hungry. He started talking about actions, not just going through the motions of religion and going through the motions of fasting, but what is leading to your action? What is leading to your transformation? Okay, so now let's fast forward back into Luke, where pretty much they were asking him, hey, why aren't your disciples fasting like John the Baptist disciples and like other Pharisees disciples? And so this whole discussion is about fasting. And that was kind of Jesus' response is saying, why will my disciples fast while I'm still here or while celebrating with the groom? And the point that I want to make is Jesus is the only one that can truly transform us. That's why he mentioned that his disciples didn't really need to fast while he was there. It's because after Jesus died on the cross and the Holy Spirit came to help us actually live a life, then that's when true transformation happened. It's seeking it in Jesus. So that was the second point. I have to be careful not to fall into just going through the motions, but not really seeking Jesus because Jesus is the only one that can transform me. And so after Jesus left, when they fasted, it was to be transformed. And that transformation led to action, but only Jesus can truly transform. And that's why he mentioned you can't take something new and try to patch up something old with it because that's like trying to take religion and trying to fix myself with just going through the motions but I can't fix myself by just going through the motions it doesn't matter how much I go to church it doesn't matter how much of the Bible I read it doesn't matter how much I pray if I have not received Jesus into my life and submitted to him as the Lord and Savior of my life then that's me trying to bring something new and mix it with something old and it doesn't work only Jesus can bring true freedom true transformation and so only new wineskins can hold new wine and a new cloth need to stay with a new cloth and the old cloth need to stay with an old cloth uh they don't mix the new and the old it doesn't mix and i have to be careful not to fall into that trap of this is the traditional way of christianity and forget that it's all about seeking jesus and there's a few scriptures i want to read just to highlight that last point and they're all going to be in galatians so i want to read galatians chapter 2 verse 16 says yet we know that a person is made right with god by faith in jesus christ not by obeying the law and we have believed in christ jesus so that we might be made right with god because of our faith in christ not because we have obeyed the law for no one will ever be made right with god by obeying the law and that was galatians chapter 2 verse 16 and then i also want to read galatians chapter 3 verse 11 and it says so it is clear that no one can be made right with god by trying to keep the law for the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life this way of faith is very different from the way of law which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life and then the last scripture i want to read is galatians 3 verse 22 and it says but the scripture declare that we are all prisoners of sin so we receive god's promise of freedom only by believing in jesus christ and so that's pretty much the main point that i wanted to make today is number one i have to beware of comparison and the enemy is going to try to bring that 
same temptation to get me to try to compare myself and my walk with others or try to compare my ministry or the ministry I'm a part of to other ministries. And we have to stay focused on what truly matters. Who I truly serve is Jesus. He must become greater and greater. I must become less and less. It's okay that we have differences and how we serve God in our differences. But at the end of the day, wisdom is going to be shown right by its fruit. And Jesus has to be the center of it all. The second point is I must be careful of falling into the trap of religion, doing things from old tradition, just going through the motions. Just like God said in Isaiah, they were going through the motions of fasting, but it really wasn't doing anything because it didn't lead to change. It didn't lead to action. And so I have to understand that I'm transformed by Jesus and I'm going through these motions of religion to get closer to him and to continue to be transformed by him and to know him better. That's the whole point. So when we fast, when I pray, when I see God, when I actually go to church, when I spend time with him, my whole focus, and this is point number three, my whole focus is to seek transformation in Jesus. And that was the whole point why Jesus said it didn't make sense for his disciples to fast while he was still there. Once he left, then it would make sense because they're seeking him. They're, they want him. He's the only one that can change us. He's the only one that can transform us. And we can't take something that only he can do to make us new and try to combine it with old traditions. It doesn't work. It would ruin the whole point. So only Jesus can make us new. He makes us completely new. New person. We have to be born again and he's the only one that could do that and so that's the message for today and i just want to end in prayer so lord i just thank you for your word i thank you that we can grow in your word. I thank you for your parables. I thank you, Lord, that there's so many meanings to your word and how we can interpret it and how the Holy Spirit can use it. But Lord, I just thank you for what we talked about today. I thank you, Lord, that in your word, we can be careful not to fall into the comparison trap. Lord, I thank you in your word that we can be careful not to fall into just religion without seeking a true relationship with you. And Lord, I thank you for reminding us today that true transformation happens only as we seek you as I desire to get closer to you and know you better. So Lord, we just thank you for this day. And Lord, I just ask that you will help that revelation sink in. And when we do fast and when we do pray, that we would keep you in the center of it all and not do it for any other reason but you. And so Lord, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And I also want to take this time, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to, uh, maybe you're listening to this podcast and you haven't made that decision, but God is pulling at your heart. And maybe this whole time you thought it was you having to follow a lot of rules. Maybe you thought being a Christian was hard. And maybe after hearing a podcast today, you're like, wow, it's really not about rules at all. It's really just seeking Jesus and being transformed by Jesus and he'll change me. And if this message encouraged you to want to surrender your life to Jesus, I want to help you. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you can make this prayer your own words. But if you're ready to make that decision, I want you to repeat after me. And so just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for transforming me. And Lord, I receive your forgiveness. And I receive your mercy. And Lord, I ask that you will transform me into a new person and change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer 
and you meant it with your heart. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. And I just want to encourage you and let you know that God loves you. You are forgiven. You are loved. And he will walk with you through this. But there is a step on your part. I just encourage you to get connected to a local church, get connected to someone else that you can share your story with and begin to walk this journey with and build your relationship with Jesus Christ. Start to seek him. Don't become religious. Seek a relationship with Jesus. Thank you for your time and thanks for listening to the podcast. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Court Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed the message today, please subscribe and share with others as I will continue to upload weekly messages. Also, if you would like a daily devotional, shoot me an email at destinyhughes20 at gmail.com. That's D-E-S-T-I-N-I-H-U-G-H-E-S-2-0 at gmail.com. Thanks and have a blessed day.